Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Ministry will be touch not the profane, and then underneath it is just defilement. The biggest corporate that you have isn't the devil, it isn't the next-door neighbor, it's not your wife, it's not your husband, it's you, okay? If we can, if we can ever, ever teach you and bring you to the place of understanding where you can realize that, bless God, that if you can walk before God undefiled, you can accomplish many things on this earth. Most people don't understand what defilement is, even is, and most people aren't even interested because most people have been sold the fact that if I'm saved, I can take the name of Yeshua Jesus, and I can literally do everything. Yes, you can, but there are stipulations to that. Start with me tonight in the fourth chapter of Matthew, the first verse. Chapter 4, Matthew. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was led up into the, up in the desert wilderness, I'm sorry. He was led. It didn't happen by mistake. It didn't happen on his day off. He was led to be what? Tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I mentioned earlier that we need to realize, and, and the, thing that, the thing that the folks that... I, that's got so far out of hand that I don't think that there's any way that's ever going to bring it into hand unless God starts killing them off. Is these people running around trying to act like they're prophets and all these people giving themselves together into these buildings so that they can hear and, and so they can follow and so that they can do what? You see, it's not in visions, it's not in dreams, it's not in visitations. It's in every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's what, that's what it's about. See, I, I have said for years and years and years, if you want to become spiritual, you first have to become scriptural. And if you can attain scripturality, spirituality will show up and you probably and you'll never know it. We've got that all backwards. What we're trying to do is be very spiritual, and then we can worry about the fruit of the Spirit later. Come on. We won't, put, we won't worry about producing the fruit because we're too busy trying to be an, a, a prophet or an apostle. But we'll get that later. I don't need that now. You know, I used to, used to tell a story. I, I, could do, I could do weekends 
over there on the ministry, and I could do like a Saturday, an all-day Saturday meeting, and I could do it on demonology and fill a room up like this. I could turn around a few months later and go back and, and do the thing on the fruit of the Spirit, and you couldn't fill up the first two rows. Because nobody wanted to understand you must produce the right fruit. You're known by that which you, which you produce. We got, as far as the church is, we've got a lot of rotten fruit. The blessed God that, that, that needs to, that, that, you know, God only knows that how those limbs and, and all that needs to be pruned to bring forth the right kind of fruit. But the thing of it is, see, we refuse because, you see, wrong teaching and wrong believing, as you're hearing me say a lot, is what most of our problems are. We've had wrong teaching and we're into wrong believing. We're, in, we're not in to understand. See, that's the reason that I, I keep saying over and over and over again. Folks, it's a nightmare for me to travel the United States of America. Every meeting that I'm in, there are those that have come, as I said earlier, to, to somehow impress me about being a prophet. And I'm looking at these people, I'm going, who cares? This isn't about prophets. This is about God. This is about the children of God. This is about a crossroads in which the generations have now come to that now evolve around Ephraim and the taking home of the lost tribes that were never lost in God's eyes to start out with, just in our own. But yet at the same time, there is so much emphasis there is so much emphasis. See, I go back and I remember in the 80s, the first radio station I was ever on was a little station down here in, in a place called Marion, Illinois. And when I'd close that, 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 that out every, every uh, Monday through Friday, I would close that out. This is a pastor and evangelist, Tom Deckard, saying, Let the Lord give you a great day. God bless. And one day I, I, I ended it, and the Lord God said, From now on, I want you to say this is Prophet Tom Deckard. I said, God, don't make me do that. I said, whoa. Well, let me tell you something. 19, in 1980, 1982, 1980, 80, right in there, you still didn't want to start saying I'm a prophet because if you did, yeah, you were. You were a false one. And that was the end of the story. They were not acceptable. So I said, God, I, I don't want to do that. And he said, well, you do it anyway. And he said, yeah, and by the way, he said, you prophesy and you tell the people that in, in a short time, amount of time that the word prophet will once again be begin to be used and people once again will begin to talk about prophets and in not so long of a time most of the pastors will volunteer to be prophets. And boy they did, didn't they? And then some hard nosed old boy like me come along, well, that's not the love of Jesus. They didn't even understand what the five-fold ministry was. They didn't understand the operation of the five-fold ministry. But they didn't care. And so again, because of the wrong teaching, the wrong believing, the powers of darkness took the very tools of the prophetic office and they made a folly out of it. It is a joke. Washington, D.C., what, two years ago? Here come two sisters. Oh, Brother Deckard, we're prophetess. I said, oh, I bet you are, honey. I said, I just bet you are. And I'm, you know, and they can't even tell that I'm trying to about halfway make fun of them and, and said, oh, yes, says, 
when I minister, gold dust falls on everybody in the room. I said, and? I said, what, what does that do for somebody's spiritual growth? What does that do for somebody's scriptural growth? What does that do for the people that are dying of cancer? See, you never hear... Now listen to me, because I'm speaking to you as a prophet. You never hear a people talking about gold dust falling on top of everybody. You don't hear about the lame getting out of the wheelchairs, do you? You don't hear about, you don't hear about the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, mm-mm, no, the disease being, no. Gold dust. Every word that proceedeth out of my God. Now, I'm going to tell you, in case you've never heard me say this, so you can put all that kind of stuff to sleep. It has to be consistent within the Scriptures. There's nowhere in those Scriptures where there was gold dust that fell down on everybody because somebody walked in the room. There's no place where they found diamonds all over the floor when somebody was preaching. And there's nowhere somebody preached and everybody got to laughing so hard they fell on the floor either. Okay? Now, some of you are looking at me like a dog with a new dish. It'll be all right. It has to be consistent within the ossipath of God's holy word. And what we have done is, again, because we want entertained so badly that we're looking for a new... We've got to have the new thing. Okay? And right now, it's gold dust and it's diamonds and, oh, my... My, let the, uh, but you know, Prophet Deckard, if you just let me come to one of your meetings and come up and all the gold dust would fall on, on I don't know, oh boy. I wouldn't, give the, I wouldn't spend the time on this earth for somebody to come up and try to do what? One, one person said to, me, said to me, said, well, I'm going to tell you what I know. I said, what do you know? said, well, they caught somebody putting, uh, you know, the girls, some of this that makeup stuff you got that's got this glittery stuff? in the duct system, and it blew out, out of the things and come down on the people. I said, that's sort of like turning loose the confetti, isn't it, and, and balloons. See, all those services lack in being a three-ring circus is putting a, bringing the dogs and the ponies through, okay? That's all that they lack. It's like I said, talk is cheap. I don't want to see talk. Like I said, you, you want to brag to me about something? Bring in the dead in the casket and watch the Lord God raise them. Now that will impress me. But cheap talk about, well, now, God, Brother Deckard, I'm going to tell you right now about Katrina. What about, well, God showed me that. I prophesied it. About 99.9999999, you know how many nines there were there? Percent of all that stuff is something that was after the fact. Well, how do you know whether you weren't there? No, I wasn't. But I'm going to tell you something, and that's the reason I go back and I say the same thing. Somewhere along the line, this thing is never going to be fixed, or a bunch of them are going to start dying. Now, let's say it's the prophet, okay? Because what they're doing, they're getting in my way, and they're getting in God's way. The real prophets do a whole lot of things besides run their mouths off about what God said. Real prophets are into doing lots of things, such as bringing a stone axe off the bottom of a river. As I said, uh, causing a hurricane to stop and spin for three days and three nights and not move left or right, up or down. To be able to bless God to, to curse the land and cause droughts to come, to break the droughts and cause floods to come. 
You don't see, you don't, you, uh, folks, listen to me. You don't hear these fortune tellers talking like this. You said, are you bragging? No, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you pure facts. If they want to be prophets, show me! Give me the sign! I've had to give them all over this world, the presidents and prime ministers. And I've given them and the signs the Lord God brought the, brought the fast, pass in front of their faces in three days and three nights. I know what this is all about. It's not a bunch of, oh golly gee, look at me. I'm going to tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, and I've said it hundreds of times, not thousands, this is not a blessing what I do. It's a curse. Nobody likes me. Nobody really wants to be around me. Most of you are here because I've got something to teach you, and you know that I do. My personality stinks. I'm a loner. Okay? I don't care if you ever call. When you do call, sometimes it's real hard for me to call you back. What's that about? I'm about the Father's business. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This isn't a contest. It isn't, oh, look at me. It isn't, bless God, what I did. It's about a God that's alive. It's about a God that said, let there be light, and there became light. It's about a God that created everything that's been created and everything that will be created, He created. It's about a God that made promises in this book. It's about a God that prophesied through these old prophets that have come to pass generation after generation after generation. And now we are the, on, on, upon whom the ends are written. God has had all the foolishness that He wants. That's the reason I said we're never going to build a church in this organization. Some of you like to act like we're, we're, no, we're not doing churches, we're doing fellowships. They're not churches. They're never going to be churches. We're going to teach you what God wants you to know about these last days so you and yours can and will survive because it's coming. It is coming. Like Donna said, there was ten virgins, only five of them prepared. If I was to ask tonight and you were to stand to be honest, those of you that have, that have, that have sat through and listened to the preparation thing uh, that's coming with this, with this uh, virus, that are out here, actually got enough food put up, actually got things prepared with the, the way with the water and all this stuff, not many of you would stand up. Well, now, Brother Deckard, I'm, I'm working toward that. So were those five virgins that didn't get it done. Folks, it's time to prepare. Now, I have been preaching preparation since the, since the early 80s. I've rotated stores so many times that I would have thought Jesus would have come and gone at least ten times. You see, I don't know when. That, 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 see, God's not saying when. God is saying prepare. As I keep saying, if Noah hadn't built the ark, they'd all drown. God would have started over the dust of the earth. But he would have started over. And that's important for us to understand. God is not God is not in any way, shape, or form trying to bypass. See, my place in this movement is simply to do this, is to travel right now in North America and give everybody an opportunity to say yes or no. That's, that's all that God wants. That, that's all that God intends to use me for is for me to give people the opportunity that I have had to say, Yes, Lord, I'm part of Ephraim. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come. We're going to get prepared. And uh, on that time, we're going to go by 
the millions back to Israel, our home. You say, oh, I, oh that's, a that's really tough to get a hold of. Yeah, it was pretty tough to get a hold of when that Red Sea opened and the boys and girls walked past it on dry ground too, wasn't it? That was pretty tough. But you see, we have come to uh, the crossroad of this thing, and because of, of wrong believing and wrong, wrong teaching and wrong believing, bless God, now we're having to try to go back, and we're trying to go back, and we're trying to teach you the rudiments of God's truths. And yet at the same time, the church keeps bucking. The church keeps saying, oh, you know, well, well we, we have the way. We have the only way. As we go on down through this, and, and, and if you, I'm sure you've read it, and, and we're not going to take our time, but every time that the devil tempted him, and you know, he could have, Yeshua could have said, hey, devil, take a leap off this thing. You go away. He didn't do that, did he? He didn't pray to the Father, did he? He used what? The Word of God. Every time he quoted the Word of God. See, again, there is no way for you and I to bypass the concept that, bless God, we have to become scriptural. That's the reason. If, if most of you people would spend the time that you spend shooting off your mouth on the telephone and getting together with your friends to impress each other about your spirituality you would spend studying the Holy Scriptures, you're going to, you'd get somewhere. But again, because we have been sadly misguided, and we're sadly going over here in this direction over here, instead of going in that direction over there, bless God, we, we don't want anybody to cut off the good time that we're having. Because this thing here, called flesh, at this point is winning the game. It takes subjection. I can, I can go back to the years ago and, 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 and talk about people uh, coming around, and, and we raised up a lot of ministry. We ordained a lot of ministry around this world, and, and even here in the States, we, get, we, 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 we ordained. They went through a program. I always said it was a two-year program. It usually took, uh, you know, three or four years to get through, maybe five. It just depended, you know, on a lot of things. And... And, and so you begin to realize that, that what people, people have lied to themselves to such an extent thinking that there's something or somebody that somehow makes them somehow elevate up here. And, and, and when I cross this country, and, and like I said, uh, brothers and sisters, I meet them all. I meet the flakes. I, I, I meet the nuts. I, I meet them all. And bless God, here they come. And I say, I, I don't want, please, don't, don't give me a, a, a copy of all the latest visions and dreams and visitation. I don't want to, I don't, I'll throw them away. Inevitably, every city I'm in, uh, no, no, I'm going to tell you something. Lansing, I didn't get that up at Lansing. They must have, I must have been around you folks enough that, that we just didn't get that done. But you, most of the time, somebody has to somehow give Donna or give one of the guys something that I can take home and cherish and then, of course, be calling them. Now, let me tell you something. Over the past two years, traveling the United States of America, I read, I, I'll read most of the documents that are given to me to some point. Some of them I read the first sentence, and then I throw them away. Some of them I read two sentences, and I throw them away. Every once in a while, I'll read a whole paragraph and throw them away. One time in two years, I read an entire document 
contacted the brother. He's in Hawaii. And I said, the next time I come to Hawaii, you and the prophet are going to sit down and have a talk. You've got my, you have got my attention. Now, when that happens, I know that I have found, I have found someone that has paid a price. See, nobody, see, I don't know the price that you paid to serve God unless God would show me where you're at today. But I do know this. We are all ministers of righteousness. Say, I am a minister of righteousness. It is our called duty of God to use that and to do what? To be the mouthpieces of God unto the people as in the way of instruction of righteousness. Now, you, you, don't, you don't see a lot of that because, like I said, the battle is. And, and, and I remember, and, and, and a couple of you that are here, uh, I, I, you know, I, I remember the blessed God that you, uh, there's crowds you get in, and if you want to know uh, five-fold ministries, there not very many pastors will stand up unless they're pastors of a church. Not very t- many teachers would even start to stand up. But evangelists, well, there aren't any of them anymore. You know, they're, they're out. I mean, who wants to hear an evangelist? We, we, what do we really want? The prophet. We want the prophet. Well, you know, and here's what I love about the, the thing with the prophet. You know what most people love about the prophet? He's the guy that comes to your church, and he walks down the aisle and tells you how spectacular you are when it comes to spiritual manners. And you go home all elevated. You go home all, well, I'm telling you, blowing up like a balloon, as I'm always saying. But it doesn't last very long, does it? You can't live off of that. See, again, most of what we think prophets are, there happens to be a word of knowledge. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to get to teach all this stuff. I, I, kinda, I really wanted to do that this time, and God just insisted that I do what I'm doing here. But I, wonder, I really wanted to get into that because some of you are walking in some places that you shouldn't be in, and there's others of you, bless God, you're so timid that you wouldn't dare touch it if somebody, you know, hit you upside the head with it. And we're going to try to balance, balance that out with the fivefold ministry. I don't have a problem. People say, well, you don't want to be around prophets. I am around prophets. And yes, I want to be around real prophets. But I'm not around, I don't want to be around prophets. The only thing they got to tell me is the latest thing that God said. I want to talk to people that, bless God, that can stop hurricanes. Can you understand what I'm telling you? Those are real prophets. Now, I don't have a problem with some baby prophet out here trying to grow up. My Lord and my God, the only thing I've got to say to them, you better get your butt under somebody like me, and you better get corrected when you get wrong. And if you've never sat under a real prophet to be corrected, you're already wrong. That got quiet, didn't it? We was having a good time until we got to that part. Say, God loves you. God loves you. Prophet Deckard. Got you, Donna. Ezekiel 44. Ezekiel 44. Not bad for an introduction. I might, you know. I've had some longer ones than that, though. That was a short one compared to one I gave one time. I gave one introduction one time. I was in a church, and it took two days. I said to the Lord, I said, am I ever going to get to give the message? He said, not in this church. Ezekiel 44:23. And they shall teach my people. Who are they? The ministry. The difference between the holy and the profane, and cause them to discern between unclean and clean. Now, 
They are to be taught the difference between holy and profane. Now, I want to stop right here. When, when people begin to defile, most of them defile out of ignorance. Most of them, most of them get in trouble with God because they don't understand what the Word really says, what the Word really means, all right? Our place is to teach you the difference between the holy and the profane. Our, our place is to make sure that you understand if you're going to judge, you're going to be judged. And if you think you want to be blessed and you're into judgment, you're lying to yourself. You will never be blessed by God if you're into judgment. You become an abomination to God, and you're going to be judged by what you have judged yourself and, and, and more severely. Now, the Word's very clear about that. Now, if there's anybody in the room that's not into judgment, you probably ought to do a dance at this point. Do it quick and quiet and get out of the way, though. Because most of us have a problem of understanding that that's the truth. Now, why is, why is, is the, a judgmental spirit so rampant in what ought to be a people that's blessed God trying to do what? Trying to uplift and trying to, and, and trying to get people, bless God, to flow together. And yet everything that happens, some of you will walk out that door tonight and judge me. Some of you have already judged me sitting here. And I'm going to tell you something. If God blesses you for that, then you walk somewhere that nobody else on this earth can walk because you profaned the Word. You, you touched something holy and caused it to become unclean, meaning the Word of God. And you're not going to be blessed. You can't be blessed because the Word says you can't be blessed. Now, what I believe, and, and we're going to, this weekend we're going to talk about these things. If I can change one person's heart in this room this weekend, and we are Sunday morning going to cast out some devils, oh, that's going to be fun. And if you can't be here Sunday morning, then you need to see me uh, before then, okay? But we want, what I want to do is to get you conscious enough. Let me tell you the story about the old rabbi. He's an Orthodox rabbi, and, 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 and he was young, 25, 24 maybe, when he became a rabbi. And he decided, because we in the Orthodoxy are, are, are taught, bless God, that, that we are to be sin conscious. And see, that, that's the problem with the church. The church has never become sin conscious. We're not sin conscious. We're Holy Ghost conscious. We're Jesus conscious, but well, we can do whatever we want to do. I'm sorry, Jesus, and go back and do it again. That's the way most of us live. We don't understand. We don't understand what God has said. Now, so the old rabbi, or the young rabbi, he gets himself a spiral notebook like this one. Okay, see how many pages are in that notebook. And what he decided to do, that he would write every day of his life, he would sit down and he would write the sins in which he had done every day. He grew old. He got old enough, and I'm talking about from maybe 24, 25, 26, whatever he was, and now he's 80 years old. Now, he's got a couple of real cocky young rabbis coming up under him. And so the old rabbi left the bema, the pulpit, I want Shabbat, and he forgot his notebook which he never had done. These two young rabbis, uh, they're looking this thing over, and the one says, the other says, 
let's let's open that, that let's open that up. And I said, well, I, 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 oh yeah, well, yeah, let's do. It. Well, okay. Now, they opened up. I wish I could find it. And the first page was the only thing it was written on, and only had about that many lines on it. And those two young rabbis backed up, and they looked at each other, and they said, "How how could this be?" And how it could be is that the old rabbi had become sin conscious. He wanted more than anything in this world to walk in holiness before the Lord God Yahweh. That was his entire life intent. And out of all those years, 60 years of whatever it was, that old man only had that many lines on a notebook that he vowed every day that he would write his sin. Don't anybody jump up and say, hey, that's me. Because, see, we're not sin conscious. We don't understand. See, that's one of the things that, that, that I appreciate so much about the Orthodox Jews. You can't get them to sow discord. You, 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 you can't get an Orthodox boy uh, to sow discord. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. If you even walk up to an Orthodox Jew, and you'd have to be another Orthodox to do this, and be stupid enough to walk up and say, well, I want to tell you about a really such and such and what he did wrong. They'll grab their ears and go, no, 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 you won't. I don't want to hear it. Just don't tell me. I'm not listening. I'm not going to be a partaker in your sin, and I'm not going to be an abomination to God. Go away, go away, go away, go away. Now, how many of you have done that? You know what we do in Christianity? Come on, let's hear it. Really? Oh, I always thought that. Yep, 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 yep. Fine. Yep, well, God showed me that, as a matter of fact. And that's what's wrong with us. We are partakers of sin. We can't wait to hear bad news about the brothers and the sisters. We can't wait to tell somebody else, and uh, you know how those things, those things go. That rumor is, and time it gets back after Tim, it's always got added to. And I suppose you could say it has an attitude for that time. So, so you see, when God said, "Judge not, lest you be judged," somehow, and, and this is the folly of the church. Somehow, that don't count. That don't count. Oh, now, Brother Deckard, we're into fasting. I don't care if you fast till you starve to death. You will be an abomination to God because you have sinned and so in discord. The only way you can do is repent for the sin, okay? And we're going to talk about the difference between, between the Old Testament priests and today. Uh, probably tomorrow we'll get to talking about that. But you see, folks, it's called repentance. See, that's the reason I keep saying every day before you crawl out of bed, you need to ask the Lord God that, that, that the Lord God will give you strength for that day. And he'll give you strength to be able and reveal unto you every time you sin by your mouth, by your body, okay, that you need, or your mind, and we'll put the third thing in there, your mind, so that, so that you can stay clean. And then, as I said, before you walk, if you're a minister, before you walk into these holy bemas, 
You better ask the Lord God to forgive you for your sins, known and unknown. And even if you're not walking into a beam, you need to do that every day. Why? Paul said, I sin daily. See, this old baloney, and there is some of that baloney out there in Christianity, says, once you're saved, you can't sin. How many of you ever heard that stupid document? Sure we have. I got jumped one time, the first I think the first week I ever preached. A guy came up and said, oh, I'm sorry, but he said, I'm saved and I can't sin. I said, really? <laughs> Boy, that would be handy, wouldn't it? I, liked, I, I said, what church do you go to? Maybe you ought to sign up down there. Yeah. Once saved, always saved. No, I'm sorry. It don't work then. I had a Baptist brother not long ago try to tell me that drunks would enter into heaven as long as they were Baptists. Liars would do the same thing as long as they were Baptists. I said, go away. Go away. I said, that's not Scripture. I said, that's fantasy. Let me tell you something that's real interesting. And the great break that we have in the age that we live in is that Yeshua came. The Father sent His Son. He shed the blood, and because the shedding of the blood was a remission of sin for all of mankind that would receive that, He entered in into the right-hand side of the Father to make intercession for us, and He's soon to return. We entered in during that time, just after He left this earth, into a time that's called dispensation, uh, dispensation I'm sorry, of grace. <clears throat> We entered into that time, which the Bible says will come to an end. Okay? The time of the Gentiles, the dispensation of grace will come to an end. Now, I told you about a year ago, the dispensation of grace has ended. It's over. It's not going to work anymore. And people don't like that. They don't want to hear people say that. But I'm sorry. That's the truth. See, that's the reason now we are reverting back to, okay, we, we had the grace that's the reason you said, well, did people get to heaven? During, yes, they did during the time of grace. See, a time of grace is only a time given by God to get things right. And we've been given 2,000 years to get this thing put together right. And now it's going, it's going to do what? It's going to come away from the Gentile age. Because, see, Ephraim, for the most part, is known what? Or not for the most part, is known as the Gentiles. And it's going to come away from the Gentile age we're going to come back over into our Jewish roots, if you must say it that way. I ought to say Israeli roots, because that's really what it is. You know, me and them don't get along real well, because they, they think that they own Israel. You want to say the Jews think that they own Israel. They don't own Israel. Israel belongs to Israel. Israel belongs to the 12 tribes. All right? There are more of us than there are them. And you hear me say that all the time. You know, they're, 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 you know they don't like it, but it's the truth. When I told them, I, when I prophesied, and I said, listen, the man that gives away the land over here in Israel will die. I, I, the fellow had a kind of a smirk on his face. Turned around and walked away. Shrom gave away the land. Shrom died, didn't he? God means business. We don't run our mouths just because we want to hear ourselves talk. We say and speak the things in the mind of God as God gives those things to us to speak. Now, 
The rest of this verse says this in 24, And in controversy they shall stand in judgment. Who is to stand in judgment? Where are the preachers at that should have stood in judgment? I'm using right now at this moment this thing about judge not. Where was the ministry at? Do you know what I was told years ago when I go in those churches and preach? Though they love the anointing. Dear God in heaven, they love the anointing. They love the miracles. They love the deliverance. They love the healings. But they didn't like the message. If you just tone down a little bit, Brother Deckard, we could, we could use you once a month. But you see, they did not want to step on your toes because if they made you mad, you wouldn't come back next week. If you didn't come back next week, pastor may have to end up going getting a job in about six months if he preached like this preacher. There's nobody to be there to put any money in the plate. Money makes it all go round. I'm sorry. I could cry from the things that I've seen over this past two years with preachers that are in into what, what kinds of ministry that can do so much good that bless God that love money more than they love God. At the rate that we're going right now, <clears throat> I mean meeting these, 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 and I'm talking about people that bless God that are known around this world. I'm going to tell you what I know. I know that about 90% of them is going to burn in hell. I know they're all in it for nothing but money. And I know, how many times have I made this statement? None of them that I met so far would know who Jesus Christ is if he came in and sat down by And that's sad, folks, because one of them told me that they make millions of dollars a month. And they can't discern a doorknob. What happened? We want to be entertained. We want to be told that we're spiritual. We don't want to be corrected. We want, but what did God say? God said that when there's a controversy, that the ministry will do what? They will judge it according to my judgments. Not according to what's going to keep you in the pew. Not according to what you're wanting to hear. Not according to what, bless God, that, 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 that tickles your tickle bone. They are going to judge it. See, and that's the reason that I kept saying over and over again, let the prophets come into the church before it's too late. Let us come in and let us cleanse from the demons of the doors. Let us cleanse the churches. And they'd have us not because of the money. They wouldn't let us in. They didn't want us in. And when we came in, they got us out quickly. I had a guy in... <laughs> I won't mention what state because you might remember the story, but come to find out the guy was a Baptist. Had me come to his church. And so Don and I, we got on an airplane, we got there. Bless God, I got talking to him. I said, Brother, I said, do, do, do you know who I am? He said, well, yeah. He said, you're, you're a, a Jewish prophet. I said, well, I'm a prophet. Being a Jew just happened to be what I am. But I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a prophet. I said, uh, <clears throat> I said, Brother, you don't even have the Holy Ghost. He looked at me and he said, no, he said, we got that when we got saved. And I said, no, you didn't. I said, no, I said, no, you didn't get that when you got saved. The baptism of the Rohakadish 
is real and separate from salvation. It will teach you and guide you into all truth. And I said, that's the reason you Baptists can't learn anything spiritual. Now, that didn't start the day off very well, obviously. Now, let me tell you what happened after the first night's meeting. His whole congregation came up and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. There were three distinct out-and-out miracles that happened. One of which was a fellow that was an elder of that church that was in so much pain that, that he, had, he had to push a button and, and had an electrode into his back where it would shock him and just put him almost to his knees when he had to hit the button. I sat there and I watched that, and I said, Brother, you come up here first. I said, Dear God in heaven, you sit here all night, you're in pain. I said, You believe God's a healer? Well, he's a Baptist. They don't, they, 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 what do you know about healing? I said, well, come up here anyway. You don't have anything to lose. Laid hands on him, and he said to me when it's over, he said, it felt like somebody hit that button. He said, I felt something start from the top of my head and run right out the bottom of my feet. He said, I began to feel my bones begin to, begin to move them. He said, I could feel them cracking. And he said, all of a sudden, they, they turned loose. He started jumping up and down. He started running around. And all those Baptists all sat there and went. Well, they had been taught if it be God's will, and he had the time, but there was a lot more things important than them being healed, of course. So when I left there, I hugged the pastor's neck, and I said, don't thank me. He said, what, what, what do we mean, don't thank you? And I said, <clears throat> brother, I said, I've, I've, I, I have left you in the lake of alligators and I just cut the dike on the way out the door. You're going to be up to your lower end posterior in alligators here in about just about two or three days. What was he going to do? How are you going to feed that? No knowledge. No knowledge. God! You know, I keep, I keep saying... The Word says that God confirms His Word with miracles and healings. I used to say to preachers, where's the power? I said, I sat here all night. Where's the power of God? The anointing! Oh, they talk about it. Oh, I got it. I got this. I got that. The same group goes home sick that's always been sick. The same group that bless God that needs delivered still need delivered. And they're running around acting holier than thou and falling on the floor. What is that? The dog and pony show I was talking about. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's power within the anointing. The anointing isn't visions and dreams. The anointing is raising the dead. The anointing, bless God, manifests in the blind see and the lame walk. The disease live, leave. I don't know anybody that's seen as many people healed of AIDS in the third world that I've seen. Thousands at this point have been healed. 
We send them back. They go to the doctors. They get tested before they ever say, oh, I got, you know, in America, well, I'm healed. I'm healed. Then they get back in the wheelchair and let them push them out the door. Like I said, the thing with America the, <laughs> that I love, they come, they come, you know, where was I at? I was, I was traveling somewhere in one of, you, one of the cities that some of you are here, and there was a, a lady in a wheelchair, and I just thought, and I said, did you come to get lucky tonight or did you come to get healed? She answered me not a word. Was I in California? I was in Detroit. Oh, okay. And, and, I, and you know what? I, she never come up, did she? Why? Because she come to get lucky and she knew it. See, and I knew it for the Spirit. See, the, 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 the problem with America, you have had, you've been shot at and missed so many times and shot at and hit so many times, you don't even know who's doing the shooting. You don't, have, you, you don't have the foggiest idea when somebody starts laying hands on you, whether they're men or women of God, or it's a, a stinking familiar spirit, and you're about to take home more than you bargained for. You don't even know. That is the reason, brothers and sisters, there's got to be a stop to this playing church business. That, that we, we, as ministry, and i part of all of it, whether I like to admit it or not, I'm part of it. I'm not a partaker of it, but because I am part of the ministry, I have to say we, but we have screwed up so much that God only knows if, if anybody's ever going to discern the difference. Now, let me get to Ephraim. Ephraim is a different story. It is a draw for the Rahakadish to pull your hearts back in line so that we can fulfill what God said. What did he say? And they will speak of Egypt. No longer. This will be the greatest exodus that's ever taken place on the face of this earth. Now get your thumbs out of your ears and get in it. We need your help, not your hindrance, and not, bless God, judging us because we're not having, bless God, uh, foo-foo tang or whatever that favorite meat or meal you got after the service every time we get together. You know what most of your problem is? You never come under authority, so you don't know what it is. Most of the church rebelled. Nobody teaches me but the Holy Ghost. Who do you think is teaching you here tonight? It better be the Holy Ghost. And it is. Now, so his statement, and he says, And they shall keep my laws and my statutes and all mine assemblies, and they shall hallow my Sabbaths. Now, you say, well, that's Old Testament stuff. Yeah, it sure is. Now, for you people that's never been around the ministry, around me, you, you need to understand that <clears throat> there is, and on the back, I've got a thing called the Everlasting Covenant. And you need to study that. And I don't mean just listen to it on the way home. I'm talking about listen to it on the way home, and when you get home, Play it again and take notes and study it so that you'll understand that that covenant that God made never got changed nor altered. In fact, what did he say? He said it will last for a thousand generations. That's 40,000 years of a generation is 40 years. It never has changed. It's always in place. 
So when we look at this thing, then we're beginning to realize that, bless God, that what he's really, what he's getting down to the point is, he says, if, if, if they get in controversy, stand in judgment, and this is talking about you have to make sure you take them away from this thing where they're being unclean, where they're in sin. Because you see, the Lord God knew and was through Ezekiel was trying to say, look, boys and girls, we want you to walk upright before God. Let's let's go to let's go to is uh, uh, Exodus thirty four, Exodus thirty four. Somebody say amen. amen. Make sure you're awake out there. Thirty four. I never know. I never know whether you're with me, or you just heard enough that you thinking more about eating in the other room than you are with me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It'll be all right. Exodus thirty four. And we're going to look in the sixth verse, 34.6. It says, The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that ye will no means clear the guilty, and that by will no clean way or means clear the guilty. Now, what's he saying here? He said he has mercy. He has forgiveness for sin. But he said, and that will in no means clear the guilty. See, and you go to Hebrew, it's much, much stronger. You get into the Hebrew text. That just because you repent, Lord God, I'm sorry, I sow discord. Now listen to me, that doesn't clear you. Now, you, you can go out here after we're done tonight and rob the whatever store that is uptown, get caught, and you can say, well, Judge, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 this is a heart-rending thing. It's, I, I'm sorry. I should have done that. The judge says, okay, I, I, I see that you are. It'll be six weeks or six months, I'm sorry, in the slammer. You still have to pay the price. And that's the reason... That, that I'm saying what I'm saying and starting in the position I'm starting in tonight, most of you will never walk in holiness because you can't even get out of bless God sowing discord through saying what? Well, judging each other. Because every time you do that, oh, Jesus, forgive me, you're forgiven. But you still have to pay the, 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 the bless God, you've got to pay for the sin. Now, because of His mercies, that endureth forever, and his righteousness, you know, I've, been, I've had things with God, I'm saying, God, don't punish me forever. Your word says, you know, that, I mean, whatever, but God, you know, don't punish me until I die. Because your mercies, say, thank God for his mercies. And we better thank him every day for his mercies, okay? Now, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something, it's so good, bless God, that he says, now listen, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Now, I, I, I want to be very clear about this, and part of, of what we're going to do with deliverance on Sunday is this. Some of you that are here, now this is not, bless God, a license to say it's okay that I sinned, I couldn't help myself. But some of you in this room, a number of you in this room, bless God, uh, have lived and are living now through sins that your forefathers four generations ago. You see, you have to... What? What do you mean i got to pay? 
you have to pay for their sins. That's the reason I'm sorry saying if you don't want to live a holy and a righteous life for yourself, do it for your children and your grandchildren. See, that's the reason you must learn. You must learn to walk in holiness. You must learn to walk in righteousness. It isn't something, brothers and sisters, that happened to you when you decided that you were going to get saved or filled with the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost. It just didn't happen like that. And yet somehow we think that it, that, that it did. Now, and some of you, bless God, don't, don't understand. Why is it that I keep praying and I can't seem to get away from this thing? And, I, and you name all kind of things, anything you can name. And I keep praying, I keep believing God, and I can't get away from it. And let me tell you where the problem is. About four generations up the line up there where great, 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 great granddad pulled some boneheaded deal, and you're wearing it, you're living it. People said, oh, my, my, I, 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 I. Well, you can be set free from that. But you see, you've got to be set free from it with an anointing that will destroy the yoke and drive the thing out of you. Now, let me tell you what happens. When the fourth generation of granddad dies, okay, his spirit leaves this earth, okay? Now, what does that familiar spirit that's been messing with him do? Looks down to Sonny Bob and their family, okay? Woo-hoo. I mean, after all, they heard dad carry on. Maybe dad was a drunk. Maybe dad was an, uh, this. Maybe dad was that. Maybe dad stole things. Maybe dad did all this stuff. Now, this generation don't figure it out and get it straight, and they usually don't because they're not, they don't have enough spiritual uh, contact in, with the Lord God to understand it. Then it gets passed down to the next generation, the next generation. And here we're down here, the fourth generation of this thing, and all of a sudden this kid's out driving up down the street, never been in much trouble, and all of a sudden he decides to stop and rob a bank, and he's got a gun, and he shoots somebody and kills him. And he's going, wow, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The spiritual world will push you. The powers of darkness want to do what? Come not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is their job to do. They have many, many ways. I, I will do, I will do a weekend on spiritual, on, on, uh, bless God, uh, spiritual warfare, uh, within the ranks of demonology. Okay, and I've, I've done stuff on spiritual warfare, but I've never got to the depth of the demonology end of it that I want to get to. Because what we, you, have to, you have to be aware that those forces are out there, but you also have to also be aware that greater is he that's within you, us, than he that's in this world. Again, you, you have, but, but you see, most people, don't, they just think that, well, that happened, and they don't have any idea that, bless God, that, 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 that why that happened. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm.